Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Today, Ryan and I are casting our ballots for the 96th Academy Awards, if any of you care about the Oscars. Uh, if not, I hope We you are the important vote. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't care about the Oscars, maybe you still care about the good movies, mostly good movies they represent. Uh, we're just here to celebrate good movies, really, and the Oscars are a real handy list to celebrate them with. Pick favorites. Fun game. You know how it is. Uh, so zooming into our medium shot now, I just want to give you a disclaimer. We haven't seen all the movies on these ballots. Haven't even seen half the movies on these ballots. We're busy men. Busy year. We fell down. It's okay. We'll get by. Maybe next year we'll see more. So we're just going with what we know. So how this is going to work, we're going to go down category by category on this ballot and we're going to pick each of our respective favorites and then what we think will win because the Academy has a way of throwing curveballs into, uh, into the works. They don't always award the things we want them to award. There's some upsets. Uh, I'm sure Ryan's got a few rants about some of the snubs. I don't usually care as much about that kind of stuff. What? Uh, I'm just... No. <laughs> anyway, let's get into our close-up and kick this off with either best visual effects or your rants. We'll, what do you want to do? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> nominated for best visual effects... The Creator, Godzilla Minus One, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, or Napoleon. Joe's pick for best visual effects goes to The Creator. Didn't really love the movie that much. It was solid, kind of boring. It really lost me most of the way through. Story doesn't matter. It's best visual effects, and the effects in this movie blew me away. It's one of the best displays for uh, for imagery I've seen this year. It might be the best, the way they managed to combine CGI and practical, the world they built. It's an original sci-fi dystopia sort of thing, uh, what they did in Los Angeles and then in... Um, in, in the Asian areas too, where they where they blended technology and human cultures, the robot police, the prosthetics and uh, CGI that kind of combined the humans and the robots together. The the android people uh, were spectacular as well. The uh, the vehicles, the the grand battles. It was. Absolutely gorgeous and deserving of this award, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen the creator yet, but the trailer looks like the the visuals were spectacular. Um, I'll be honest; the only movie I've seen out of these is Guardians and Napoleon. I actually, I'm kind of shocked that Napoleon's on this list. Yeah, I actually saw them all in this category, so we're getting off to a good yeah. start. Um. 
just for fun, I'm going to say Godzilla. Just Godzilla to great. see if they get a win. Yeah. Yeah. What's actually going to win, though? I could see it going to... Ev- I could see it like going to anyone except Mission Impossible. And the reason I say that I think Napoleon could get it is because this could be the curveball category. I know we're starting right off the bat, but this could legit be the like curveball that they throw in right away. Napoleon was extra spectacular for its battle scenes, especially that scene on the ice where they're where he's throwing cannonballs into the Austrian army, I believe, and yep. sinking them into the frozen river. That that scene was Oscar worthy for sure. Um when he's shooting cannonballs in the pyramids in Egypt. A lot of the a lot of the battle scenes were stunning. Um but the way they made France look in in the revolutionary era was also really well done as well. Um, it's not necessarily effects work that accomplished that, although I'm sure that was a lot of it. Like they that's more like production it. design, I bet. Yeah, so I don't wouldn't necessarily give it to Napoleon for visual effects, but I can also see the Academy liking a movie like this just because. It's not a comic book movie or a sci-fi movie for a change that's nominated for this. Well, that's oh, why so I picked it, because the people who votes for this stuff, they don't go out and watch fucking, like, The Creator or Godzilla. Like, they're like, oh, I only saw Napoleon, so I'm going to vote for that. Yeah, I agree. It's probably the best visual effects film Academy voters watched. So that's that's a good way to think about that. Next up is... If y'all think we're wrong, just remember what happened with the fucking Bohemian Rhapsody sound effects bullshit. That's why they merged the two, because there was such quote-unquote controversy. Whatever. I see. All right, let's move on. Next up is... Speaking of sound. (laughs) Sound. The creator, Maestro, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, Oppenheimer, and The Zone of Interest. I always find it very hard to uh, give Christopher Nolan props to anything in sound category, but (laughs) Oppenheimer had some very interesting uses of sound. He's one of my favorite working directors, but he, I got to acknowledge the man's flaws. (laughs) Sound mixing. No, I know. I I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Dynamics are a thing. He does not do. Yeah, it's just loud. just like bring the audio gain on the fucking instrumentals, especially in Tenant, please. Just like I want to hear the dialogue. Look, I had to watch Oppenheimer two times to really, to really understand what was going on. The first time I was so overwhelmed by everything happening, it took me till the second time to really focus in on what everyone was saying because the music sort of obscures uh, the explosions or whatever or the testing or whatever else is happening often obscures the very fast-paced dialogue that's at the core of the movie so it's it you kind of have to watch Oppenheimer multiple times to get the full picture and that's largely due to the sound which had its intended effect mind you I think it's it's great but I, I have a hard time awarding this one to Oppenheimer even though it was my favorite movie of last year I have a tough time recalling Mission Impossible sound specifically, but uh, dun 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 dun. <laughs> sure, 
you know, it's an action movie. They they make sound is a good way to immerse you in the world of these high stakes action thrillers. Um, every punch effect or every time Ethan Hunt has to do something crazy, uh, the revving of his motorbikes or whatever, you know, that, that was a pretty thrilling movie. So I'm going to give it to Mission Impossible. Um, I'm just going to say Oppenheimer just because it's like the only one I've seen. I could see Maestro winning it. Um, That's the- just like a classical... It's the Bradley Cooper like uh, conductor Bradley. movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but it's on Netflix, so Maestro's should gonna check win. that out. Maestro's going to win because it's best sound, and Leonard Bernstein's one of the greatest Hollywood composers ever. And you know how yeah. Hollywood likes to navel gaze? Oh, a movie about one of our greats nominated for best sound. He was a musician. It's kind of teed up to win. I didn't see it. I can't tell you if it was actually good at that. But I think it's got a good shot. Next up is Best Short Live Action, The After, Invincible, Night of Fortune, Red, White, and Blue, and The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. I've seen absolutely none of these. And I, I have no idea. Yeah. Whatsoever. So. <laughs> um, but Night of the Fortune. Let's do that one. Right Red, in the middle. White, I don't know. America. America. <laughs> uh, best short animated letter to a pig. 95 senses. Our uniform. Uh, pack, pachyderm. War is over. All caps exclamation point. Inspired by the music of John and Yoko. That's all one. War is over. Inspired by the music of John and Yoko. Didn't see any of these either. But I like John Lennon. I'm going to pick... Music, a l- so I pick War is Over. <laughs> I'm going to pick uh, Letter to a Pig because I like the title. And uh, I refuse to give credit to anything Yoko Ono has done in her life. So... We can talk about it later. <laughs> we don't talk about music much on this show, but... Well, maybe we can branch out into that at some point. Uh, I have no idea... I'll just I'll just say what I said. War is over. I'll just say that for what's maybe going to win. Best production design. Another category. I've seen them all. Barbie. Killers of the Flower Moon. Napoleon. Oppenheimer. Poor Things. I'm giving this one to Barbie. My pick's Barbie. They built 100%. an entire freaking Barbie land. and it It's was, insane. Yeah. It's so they colorful. made yeah it's crazy because they made like action figure and doll sets like one for one scale they and then made it look so convincing and so well done it's like you took a child's dollhouse and then made it into a full-sized home the level it's of detail nuts. was very it was crafted with love and care and screams barbie i knew what it was going for and it nailed it perfectly the other ones are good production design mind you but they were immersive. but this one's great yes they were immersive for what they were trying to do although poor things i i also heard that most of the sets on, on poor things were built for poor things which stunned me after i watched it because i assumed most of it was done on location but nope those were sets so 
Poor Things is a very close second for me. Yeah, I feel like just from what I've seen in trailers and stuff, that could be the the one that like steals it from Barbie, but my pick's Barbie. You know what? Just because, and I know you're going to bring up the, the snubs for Barbie, but huh? just because Barbie was shafted in a couple areas, I think they're going to give it love for something like Best Production Design because it it really does deserve it. Nobody's going to complain about that pick and it'll soften the blow from their lack of representation elsewhere. Best Original Song The Fire Inside from Flamin' Hot I'm Just Ken from Barbie It Never Went Away from American Symphony Wasaze, a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. What Was I Made For from Barbie. Uh, I suppose I've seen four of these, but I'm not really... I don't don't notice music so much the first time I watch a movie. It's something I have to listen to again. The only one that stuck with me out of the four I've heard is I'm Just Ken. And I know it's a meme song, but I mm-hmm. love it. So, yeah, those are my two front runners. Is I'm just Ken, and what was I made for? Because I think I'm just Ken would just be a funny win, just because of like what it's about, and then also would get the uber feminist really upset. And there's nothing I like seeing more than a particular group of people getting upset about something silly. <laughs> but also, what was I made for is just really good, performed by. Billie Eilish and also co-wrote by Phineas as well. Just it's a nice song. It's two very different songs, right? Like I'm just Ken is this very upbeat, like pop rock, jokey song that Brian Gosling just nails. Just a great musical number in the middle of it. And then what was I made for is just kind of a love letter and just like a sad song about womanhood. So I could see either one of those winning if what was I made for wins. Great. That's Billie Eilish's second Oscar. In her lifetime, she's like in her twenties, which is insane. All right, so for so, that, so by that metric, that's not going to win. The academy yeah, doesn't like. To that's what I mean. Like she's already won one. So I think that one's out of the running for what's actually going to win. So I'm gonna. Say, I have to say this about Billie Eilish. Every time I think she's done, like I think she's done, like doing the best she can. She gets. She makes one more song, and it gets ultimate praise. Rightfully so, because when she did, when she won all those Grammys, I was like, okay, that's probably it for her. That's the last we'll see for her a few years, because that's just how like artists go in the music industry recently, or they have, except her. But then she made the song for No Time to Die, and she won an Oscar for that. And I was like, wow, this is this is great. I'm sorry it got overshadowed by the Will Smith slap. That sucks for her. Yeah. And then uh, she came out with this what was i made for and i'm like fuck she's no she can't slow down she's phenomenal her and phineas are just great if she ever teams up with renee rap it the world's gonna end they're too powerful uh well i'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark and say it never went away from american symphony i think that's the the, the film about john batiste he's a musician of some repute so I'm I'm sure it was a good song. I haven't heard it, but let's see. Best, uh, what was your what was your pick for what was gonna win though? Uh, so tough. I think they're gonna pick. I don't know. 
like a part of me feels like they're gonna pick what was I made for, but also they don't like to do multiple winners. I feel like they might do I'm just Ken. I don't know why they would. No, it's the Oscars. Why would they do that? Because they want They might throw it they might give it to Killers. Yeah. Yeah. They might give it to Killers or Flower Moon. But I don't know. My my like logically they would do uh bar like what was I made for, but we're talking about the Oscars and logic doesn't really come into factor. Anyway, let's move on. It's a pop it's it's a popularity contest, but not a popularity contest for the audience. With it's a popularity contest within the That is academy. the perfect description. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next up is Best Original Score, American Fiction by Laura Cartman, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny by some guy, John Williams, <laughs> Killers of the Flower <laughs> Moon by Robbie Robertson, Oppenheimer by Ludwig Gordonson, and Poor Things by uh, Yerskin Fendrix. I'm assuming it's a Scandinavian sounding name. Um <sighs> Yeah, this John Williams guy, he's a newcomer, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he's uh, relatively new to the scene. He's not the most nominated living person in <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like... Because I heard he retired, but then I heard he unretired recently I for like another movie. I heard he unretiring for Superman Legacy, potentially. Hmm... Which see if he was like fully retired, I would they would the Oscars would be like, oh, we'll give him a send off. We'll give him a legacy Oscar because yeah, they love doing that. That's what I'm on the fence about, too. Is, uh, are they going to award him for? OK, you're done now. So we'll, we'll give you yeah. one for the road. Or. Uh, I mean, my pick is probably Oppenheimer. With Louis Gornson, but uh. My picks. I feel like they would give it to. Yeah, that's a good pick too. Once again, I'm not really. I wouldn't be upset. But Killers of the Flower Moon. It was a pretty good score. It's just really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got like this haunting combination of uh, Western and uh, and uh, First Nations music combined to kind of create this sonic landscape, which represents the movie of these two cultures trying to come together and be harmonious but with this fractured tension between them it's a good score i remember it yeah i remember it well yeah i wouldn't be upset that's a good Uh, pick i think that's my favorite but i think john williams will get it just because rumors of his retirement will sway people i think more people have heard he's retiring than more people have heard he might not yeah how old is he 96 uh he's yeah he's He's up there Still, yeah, still going on tour. He's killing it. I love him. Yeah, we need we need to create advice to preserve like John Williams, uh, <laughs> and just the other older like British actors as well. Like uh, Anthony my, Hopkins, mine's like Patrick. Yeah, yeah Anthony Hopkins, Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart, Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen. Just those, just those guys, just so they can live forever. Just like, <laughs> yeah, I can't have them. But I will like I'll. I'll be upset. Best makeup and hairstyling. Golda. Maestro. Oppenheimer. Poor Things. And Society of the Snow. Out of this category. What the hell is Golda? I've only seen Oppenheimer and Poor Things. 
So two out of five. Yeah. Uh, out of those, I'm going to say Poor Things. That movie was just really interesting. Are they saying Oppenheimer because of like the different ages Killian Murphy went through? Is that what it is? I suppose. Because I can't really think of... Yeah, that's makeup. That, that was impressive. I can't believe they did five categories or five nominations this time. Remember the year Suicide Squad won? There was only three nominations. Yeah. <laughs> Even I was like, there's got to be more movies that have makeup in them. Come on, guys. I don't like when um, Academy doesn't fill the allotted categories. Right? Just fill them with like two fun ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if you like what came out in 2016? Oh, no. When was Suicide Squad? Was it 16? 2016? 2016. So I guess it was. Yeah, they could have done. 17 awards? Yeah. I mean, they could have done. Oh, no. That was 2013. Hmm. Something. I'll have to think about it. Something. They could have done something. Yeah. Give it to La La Land. You robbed them elsewhere. Oh, you haven't seen Moonlight. (laughs) I haven't, but I'm. It's uh, one of my all-time favorites. I don't think Moonlight's going to top it. It's a good movie. It's really good. Like, you know it's eight years old? Yeah. Mm. You know what a movie that's turned 20 years old today? Or not today, but in a few months, Spider-Man 2. Anyway, mm. we're getting old. Yeah. Uh, don't do that to me now. I could uh, see Maestro winning. Yeah. I'm going to pick a sleeper hit, Society of the Snow. I haven't seen the movie. I just know it's about the... The, I think it's the football team or the rugby team that got stuck in the Alps when their plane crashed. Like, it's based on a true story. Okay. And I just feel like it's a sleeper hit. I know I, They did... Um, there was an American movie about, like, an adaptation of this story. It's called Alive. I think it was made in the 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. So I know a little bit about, like, the true life story of this uh, sports team. It's tragic as fuck. So I feel like that's the sleeper hit. I'm going to say they'll give it to Oppenheimer. My picks, poor things, they'll yeah. give it to Oppenheimer. Best international feature film. I don't know if that's an I or an O, so I'm sorry. Uh, it's probably an I. Um, it's probably an I, Italy. Io Capitano, Italy. Perfect Days, Japan. Society of the Snow, Spain. The Teacher's Lounge, Germany, and The Zone of Interest, United Kingdom. I haven't seen any of these, haven't heard of them. But The Zone of Interest I'm gonna was pick... nominated for multiple things, so it probably won't win. I'm going to pick Society of the Snow, just because of a recency bias, I guess. <laughs> sure, I'll go with Perfect Days. Sure. Give Japan some love. Next up is Best Film Editing. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall by Lauren uh, Lauren Seneschal. Uh, the Holdovers, Kevin Tent. Killers of the Flower Moon. Thelma Schoonmaker, or Schoonmacher. Bad with names, sorry. Oppenheimer, Jennifer Lame. Uh, Poor Things, Yorgos... <laughs> Yorgos Mavrosaridis. Mrs. M. Mavros. Mavropsaridis. Yorgos Mavropsaridis. Okay, that's. I want four things to win, so they have to pronounce that multiple times at the at the award show. <laughs> I'm giving this Adele Dazim. 
classic. Uh, I give this uh, to Oppenheimer because I said that right as soon as I saw the movie, I said that without proper editing, that film would make zero sense. Yeah. It's probably going to be Oppenheimer. With it shifting timelines consistently and going to abstract planes of existence and going in and out of Oppenheimer's mind and like I said, the different timelines and everything like that movie should by all accounts be a complete mess. The movie, I don't think a single scene lasts longer than 30 seconds. That movie's breakneck pace. It's gotta be Oppenheimer for this one. It's the most, it's the greatest feat I've seen in editing this year. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. It's probably going to be Oppenheimer. And what will win? Probably that too. Best documentary. I just looked it up. The Zone of Interest is a movie about, I think, the guy who ran Auschwitz. So. Oh. Okay. That's probably what it is. Hmm. A24 movie, so. A24 is on a hot streak. Uh, Best documentary short The ABCs of Book Banning. The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, The Last Repair Shop, and Nai Nai in Waipo. Not a clue. I don't know. I don't know. One of these I've heard of is The Last Repair Shop. Yeah, that one. So I'll say that. Let's pick that one. (laughs) Yeah. I play music. I know I just said I'm not a music guy. I'm more of a player than a listener. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I just got my, my clarinet in for a tune up. I've got, I'm partial to repair technicians. My father's a piano tuner. I'll give it to the last repair. That's nice. Yeah. I think I saw like a small trailer for it and looked like a really sweet documentary. So I'm picking that one. Best documentary feature, uh, Bobby wine, the people's president, the eternal memory Four daughters, to Kill a Tiger, and 20 Days in Mariupol. Haven't seen any, so... To Kill a Tiger. Because it sounds badass. (laughs) Sounds cool. Um, (laughs) Best Costume Design. Barbie by Jacqueline Duran, Killers of the Flower Moon, Jacqueline West, Napoleon by Janty Yates and Dave Crossman, Oppenheimer by Ellen... Marion Marionic Poor Things by Holly Waddington and This I, one's tough I Assume there'd be another one but no there wasn't just five This one's tough Barbie I could see any any single one of these winning I'm going Barbie. and I wouldn't be upset about it Yeah it's probably Barbie The entire thing about Barbie is the different outfits and this movie is yeah. pitch perfect. So many of them. Margot Robbie's wearing a new spectacular outfit in every scene. The amount of yeah, work that, you know, you're right, the Barbie. The costume designers had to do on that movie compared to all the other ones is just, it's mind-boggling to me how much they packed into one movie for costumes. And they were all good. So I think Jacqueline Duran for Barbie deserves it. No, I agree. Yeah. What will win? I hope Barbie. Killers. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm gonna hope Barbie. I'm gonna hope. We have some hope at the Oscars. Yeah, sometimes. Best cinematography: El Conde, Edward Lockman, Killers of the Flower Moon by Rodrigo Prieto, Maestro by Matthew Libatique, Oppenheimer, Hoyt Van Hoytma, and Poor Things by Robbie Ryan. This one's a little tougher. Mm, Oppenheimer. It could also be Killers for me, but I'm going Oppenheimer. Killers was so good, though. I know. That's what's tough. (laughs) Yeah. See, look, it's tough for me. I think I got to go Killers on the whole, because when I think of Oppenheimer, the coolest elements of cinematography were those abstract uh, particles that they somehow filmed practically and the Trinity test. Which yeah, jaw droppingly awesome. There were my theater was so silent you could hear a pin drop during that moment. That was just pure cinematography, no music, no dialogue, no sound, nothing. That's why I'm picking it. Nothing. If I'm being honest. So it's got that one great scene, but I'm gonna go Killers of the Flower Moon. I think it was more consistent. All right, that's what, fair. What will win? Uh. Oppenheimer. Naval gazing. Uh, no, Oppenheimer. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, Oscars are weird because they do things two different ways, which sounds wrong. They either do, they just give out a bunch, they have like an actual good year where they give out a bunch of awards to all different types of movies, or they give a super popular movie a bunch of the technical awards. And I feel like Oppenheimer deserves it, but they're just going to keep giving it to Oppenheimer. I mean, they did that with Mad Max Fury Road. And they're probably going to do that with Oppenheimer. Um, but who knows? Maybe they'll throw some, you know, throw a bone to these other uh, categories. We can hope. Best animated feature. The Boy and the Heron. Elemental. Nimona. Robot Dreams. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I gotta go Spider-Man because it's the only one of those I saw this year. Yeah, my pick would be Spider-Man, but um, I've been told to never bet against a Miyazaki film. <laughs> so I'm going to pick The Boy and the Heron. That is a... And that's probably going to win. I'm going to pick that for my going to win. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, Studio Ghibli. That's always... Yeah. Yeah, that's what it... Like, never... They're always don't bet against them. Yeah. Yeah, Spirit... Ugh, I need to watch Spirit Away. It's on my list. I keep seeing it pop up, and it's just, like, one of those things that's, like, I will get around to watching it, but do I want to be depressed for, like, a week? You know what I mean? Like, I... <laughs> Counterpoint, you would be anyway, potentially. Mm, I'll be fair. For a week anyway, I may as well. Life's going great. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely <laughs> perfect on paper. Uh, best Supporting Actress, Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks, The Color of Purple, America Ferreira, Barbie, Jodie Foster, Nyad, and Devine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers. My pick's Devine Joy Randolph. I thought she was excellent in The Holdovers. Oh, really? Yeah, playing a grieving mother whose son died in Vietnam, who's just trying to hold it together. For- mm. Ah. Uh, she was a really great standout in that movie. 
Yeah, I haven't seen the holdovers, but I could. She could probably. Yeah, she. Just the lunch lady. I assume she would win. Yeah, she's the lunch lady who's got to stay over for the holidays and, mm -hmm. you know, cook for the <laughs> cook for the boys. And she's got yeah, kind of keeps to herself sometimes. Just watches TV and um, she's got a lot of a, a lot of depth in that performance. Mm -hmm. Very yeah, dimensional character. I would love to see Emily Blunt win an Oscar because I think she's phenomenal. But I could also see most of the people in this category beat her. Going to win. America Ferrer was good, but I don't think she's. I don't think it was like. Well, it's weird because like when you say like Oscar worthy, what are you really saying, right? It's like, do you yeah. fully believe the performance? I think she was fantastic. She's a great actress. Yeah. But that monologue is just so long. I know it's an important monologue, but it's like it's. <laughs> I liked America Ferrer's performance because she was just. She was a lot of fun. She was believably, yeah, just just fun. I I like that. She wasn't like when when she finally met Barbie. Like she, you you think the mother would be the more cynical one? Like oh well, you know we can't go to Barbie Land. We have to be responsible or whatever. But she's like, no, Barbie was like my childhood idol. I'm definitely going to bar. Like she's just a really cool mom in the movie. Yeah, she's a lot of fun. Subversive of mom tropes in movies. Mm -hmm. She, yeah, she was impressive. Who I think it's going to Danielle Brooks. For the color, yeah, she was amazing in that movie as well. One of the probably the biggest personality in the film, personally. Uh, she'll be the one you mostly remember after seeing that movie. She can, she can sing. She can perform. She carried the dramatic moments too. She would deserve it, and I think she'll get it. Yeah, Not my that's favorite. my choice. Who I who I think is going to win. Yeah. Best actress: Annette Bening, Nyad, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, and Emma Stone, Poor Things. This one tears. It's Lily. It's Lily Gladstone. I know Emma Stone has been like was probably the best performance I've seen. They're both the front runners. I know. It's so... Ah, this one hurts me. I know. I mean, those are the only two I've seen on this block. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen Annette Benning, Sandra Huller, or Carrie Mulligan in, in theirs, but Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone are so good in their respective movies this year. I'm very torn to pick between them. Yeah. It's painful. It's probably going to be Lily. I have to... I think I want to give it to Emma Stone, though, just because of how... She adds such a physical That's fine. to her performance just because she's playing the <laughs> the mind of a child instead in, um, inside a grown woman's body. She moves like a child. Her whole thing is as she becomes more adult-like, she has this thing where she kind of morphs her entire physicality as the movie goes, but never loses these little quirks that make her character special and unique um she she plays so many facets of her character's personality throughout her development but also manages to keep them internally consistent it's such a it's one of the most complex performances i've arguably ever seen uh 
it, it's very good. It's not not a bad choice. I mean, these two have been the front runners to win it. Um, I haven't seen Poor Things yet, but it's so desperately on my list to go and watch. Um, but I think Lily Gladstone's going to win. Yeah. We should definitely talk about it, but the it's weird because, like, Margot Robbie probably should have been nominated for this category for the Oscars, but I also don't know who to take out of, like, this list because these are all maybe Annette Bening because I haven't heard anything about Nyad, but, like, also, it just feels rude to say. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I'm a little more upset about a different snub than this one, but... Yeah, I feel like yeah she was great in Barbie and like the I think her comedy in it is brilliant. She has great comedic timing. She's great facial acting. She's literally the face. It, it's like weird because like I can't think of besides like her breakdown and her like that um, scene where she's meets the creator of Barbie. And they're having that scene. Like, that's probably the scene that I would have submitted for the Oscars to be like, this is why she should be nominated. But should, this one's a tough one because, like, who do you take out Personally, of this category? That upset about it. I mean, she was great in Barbie. But if you're just looking at this list right now and saying, does Margot Robbie deserve to be best actress for this role? My gut instinct is no. I don't have a good reason for that it wasn't a bad performance by any stretch but i just don't feel like she deserves it for barbie this year it's just something in my gut saying no to this one i don't i don't mind like it sucks that she wasn't nominated and i don't know who would have who should have been on if not her but yeah that's that's just how i feel about it yeah them barbie fans <laughs> yeah i did love barbie. no it's tough I think people are more upset at a different stub that we'll talk about. That one I am upset about. Uh, best Supporting Actor, for my money, the tightest race in, in the Oscars this year. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, American Fiction. Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer. Ryan Gosling, Barbie. Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things. Yeah, look, another one that's making me tear my hair out. Look, Robert De Niro has already won two, so I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna consider him, even though he's phenomenal in that movie. So good. Robert Downey Jr. deserves an Oscar at some point in his career. So he deserves it. He's phenomenal in Oppenheimer. But Ryan Gosling makes Barbie so fun. It's it's like one. It's probably his best performance that I've seen him do, besides like The Notebook and uh, La La Land. He, he's so funny. What I'll say about Ryan Gosling is that in the how old did they say Barbie is? Seventy something years old now. Yeah, she came about in the early something like 1950s. that. Fifties. However old Barbie is, I don't know how old Ken is, but the movie makes a good point that nobody has ever really cared about Ken, ever. He's always been there, but he's an accessory to Barbie toys. He's just another character in the world. You care about Barbie, and Ken's just there. Ryan Gosling, with one two-hour movie, somehow made Ken into a global phenomenon after how many decades? Just this right? one, just this yeah. one guy's performance. And we're all Knuff. Yeah, <laughs> 
like he, he has a viral song. He he's got that sweater, the I'm Kenoff sweater. Uh in the Barbie movie, somehow he was the scene stealer, and his story was also very impactful. Uh it's it's the one I came away thinking more about because I wasn't expecting it whatsoever. It's and he, he nails the dramatic and comedic components of the role. He's just so amazing. <laughs> so He's so I, good. I, I, I feel so bad. It's like an upset because it's like I, I'm not used to talking about more comedic performances in terms of best actor for Oscar stuff. It's so strange to me. He's even nominated. That feels out of the blue for Academy Awards, even just him being on yeah. the list right now. So I feel like I want to just push the envelope and go all the way with it. Give it, give it to him. He's definitely my vote. Downey's probably going to win it. He's such a, it's such like an Oscars role to win, which I wouldn't be upset about, but I, my pick is Ryan Gosling. Like I'd feel so bad. I feel bad for Mark Ruffalo because every time he's nominated, he's going up against giants. <laughs> it, it sucks. I think he's been nominated like four times now in the supporting actor category. Like it was this spotlight. Um, that wrestling movie with Channing Tatum and then something else I can't remember, but he's always going up against giants and it's crazy. So I always feel bad for him. But personally, I think that's still pretty cool too, because. Oh, for sure. If I was anybody, uh, who actually got an Oscar nomination, I'd feel that's, uh, reward enough just being on that list, especially being on. Oh, for sure. Four times. Like, oh, wow. yeah, they didn't just think I was great once. They thought I was great four times, even though they didn't give me the trophy. I was on that list four times. Other people weren't even nominated. I mean, they still put like nom like Academy Award nominee on like trailers and stuff, yeah. which is just as good as winner. Four times, like they just have to. Yeah, they just ha they have to put a winner once in a while. So well, not once in a while, but they have to. Yeah, personally, multiple nominations like that are even more. Um, rewarding in a way, I think, because mm -hmm. it shows, all right, let's say, uh, let's say Ryan Gosling. Maybe this is Ryan Gosling's one great shot at an Oscar. It's one of his best performances. Like, okay, everybody's got one bit of greatness in them, but Mark Ruffalo can show he's consistent. That's true. Yeah. I bet him and uh, Downey Jr. are having an absolutely blast during the press tour. Because <laughs> yeah. I know they were buddies during the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> I think they all have um, Avengers tattoos, the original six. Yeah, I think they do. Just as I Yeah, it's, uh, I want it to be Gosling so bad because I want him to have an Oscar win. Yeah. I want Downey to have one as well. But yeah, either, either one I could see winning. But for me, it's Gosling all the way. He makes that if Goss if anyone else was Ken, it'd be such a cheesy role. But Gossing just adds just like not only just the charm and like the good looks, obviously, but he's just hilarious. He's name, so funny. I can name two other Kens at least. Simulu and Shuti Gatwa. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just funny you said if anyone else played Ken, I'm like, there were so many Kens. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. But it's funny, I like doing some research, they wrote Ken, like that version of Ken, for Ryan Gosling. Like they didn't even ask him yet if he could play it. Like we've in the script we wrote Ken in brackets Ryan Gosling. Like that's how they wrote it. 
Yeah. It's re- it's pretty funny. That's great. Best actor: Bradley Cooper, Maestro; Coleman Domingo, Rustin; Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers; Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer; and Jeffrey Wright, American Fiction. Killian Murphy. Yeah, Killian Murphy. But Paul Giamatti's a very close second for me, and not just because it's the. I can see them doing that. I can see him doing that where it's like it's this actor who hasn't won over it like 40 years of him working in the industry so let's give him a legacy award um, but it's Killian Murphy hands down yeah I feel bad for Bradley Cooper because he's worked on this role for like six years and I was going up against like <laughs> all these people but it's just Killian Murphy's eyes that yeah that deep soul inside that icy stare it's like looking into a void He's very good. He I, that, I'm a huge fan of Killian Murphy. He's got that broken look down. It's like I was talking about with Emma Stone. He manages to keep this character consistent throughout his decades of life, but also mm-hmm. showing his trajectory and change. It's a great performance. Best original screenplay. Anatomy of a Fall... The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, and Past Lives. The only one I've seen here is The Holdovers, and I love that film. I think it's a new Christmas classic. Funny enough, by hearkening back to old classics from the 70s. It's just a it's a really tight script, great story, great characters, locations, um obstacles and character arcs and dramatic payoffs and it really does everything right it's it's a really good screenplay yeah i'll say the holdovers as well yeah i've heard good things uh, it feels like which is a weird comparison but it feels like the banshees of inner of this year oh yeah where it's like oh is it, it's like the sleeper hit movie the one where it's just got really strong writing yeah the one people didn't really see, but everyone who did see is like, yeah. why don't people talk about this one? Yeah. I just don't like you no more. Sorry. I love Banshee's Vinisher. <laughs> Stop saying that. Stop saying it. <laughs> um, Phenomenal. Hmm? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. That's what I'll say for the last three. Best adapted screenplay. American fiction. Barbie for some reason Oppenheimer Poor Things and The Zone of Interest what the fuck is Barbie adapting from the, because it's a doll it's adapted is that what it is Barbie property I guess just because from the manual because Barbie was an IP that kind from of, the instruction handbook <laughs> like Barbie does kind of have a lore like there are characters in the world okay with set relationships yeah. to her and she has all these careers and kind of there's kind of a story to Barbie enough that I can see the argument for making it an adapted screenplay. But it's a it's a stretch of an argument to call it adapted. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. Good script, but adapted. Come on now. I think this is that's the Academy's way of saying, oh, well, our best originals category is pretty stacked and we don't want mm-hmm. another comic book movie this year. So uh, 
uh, do Barbie in adapted. We don't want to put the Marvels in adapted. No. <laughs> I'm not even. Um, I haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Funny enough, it's coming out on Disney Plus on my birthday. And I don't know if I want to watch it on my birthday. <laughs> um, I'm gonna just going to pick uh, Oppenheimer. Just, yeah. It seems like the easy pick. I'm going to pick Poor Things. Is it based off a book? Poor Things? Yep. Oppenheimer was cool. great. But Poor Things, that story really absorbed me. I, It's kind of a modern-day Frankenstein um, sort of deal. I, I had no expectations for it, but I was pretty blown away by the way that story unfolded. The uh, symbolism inside it, the dialogue, just... It it hit that perfect sweet spot between entertaining and thought provoking that I clamor to see for more Hollywood entertainment. Um, actually, I don't even think it was Hollywood, but just my movies and TVs in general. Oppenheimer gave me a lot of existential dread, though, which I love. But mm. poor things, yeah. Well, it it hit that perfect balance. For me, um, okay, not a bad choice. So what's but what's actually gonna win? Um, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Best director: Justine Triet for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. That's odd. I, they're missing someone. They're missing... Oh, wow. I don't see Greta Gerwig's name anywhere on here. That sucks. That's a big whoopsie. She must be tucked away. That's a, she's probably... Yeah, she's probably hiding. She's in the back. She's too She's too humble to be, like, on the actual, like, you know, like, ballot. She's definitely nominated, right? Oh, definitely. Right? Right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one I'm upset about. She's the fantastic director. She made a great movie. Like, come on. Like Oscars, you can nominate more than one female director. It's fine. We won't get mad at you. It's it's okay. <laughs> Is there even? Oh yeah, I guess. I must just one, Justine. Yeah. 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 It does kind of show their sexism a little bit. I think they're they're like, oh well, we we nominated a woman, so we're not we're not sexist. But yeah, okay. <laughs> but Greta Gerwig was probably more impressive than some of these other ones i don't know about i think she was just as impressive in her movie as christopher nolan was in oppenheimer for i mean just the reasons, like but exactly yeah the, like the visuals the visuals in barbie alone are what it is but it's also just like the character direction as well the dance numbers i mean the way everything is shot like it's not gonna it's the barbie isn't this worldwide phenomenon it's not the most popular movie of last year or the most successful financial movie of last year if Greta Gerwig isn't at the helm like she's a fantastic director and the fact that the academy failed to recognize that is such an overstep it sucks it's a big problem because I feel like the academy didn't know what to do with Barbie because it's usually the kind of movie they shun except that it was actually good is the problem so they yeah. felt pressured to actually reward it they just didn't know which aspects of it deserved reward 
So they kind of got this weird in-between thing going on. But Greta was an oversight. I'd rather they yeah, nominated it sucks. Best Screenplay. Yeah. If they, had, if they had to pick, like, oh, well, you know what? We're only going to give Barbie so many. Oh, well, what can you do? What can you do but yell? <laughs> but I'll go with Christopher Nolan as the one who's... Gonna I'm going with Nolan. ...in my pick as well. Once yeah. again, without a good leader at the helm, that movie should have been an absolute mess. It's... He's got to get his Oscar, man. It's his year. This is definitely his, like, magnum opus of a film, so... I think so. It's going to be the year. I've loved every Nolan film I've seen, and that's... It, I think it might be his best one. It's definitely up there. The big one. Best picture. All right. So we've got American Fiction... Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro. It's on Netflix? Oh. I should... Yes. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. The Batman is my choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not over it, Joe. <laughs> it's just going to be Ryan's pick every year until it happens. <laughs> until the Batman 2. What are they going to call the sequel? That's what I'm so interested in. Batman 2. Batman. The Batman again? <laughs> I am curious if Joker fully has a chance of winning any Oscars. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I have really high hopes for that one. Is that coming out this year? Or supposed to? Yeah, I think so. Mm, interesting. On to the main event, which we're delaying because we're trying to think. Stuff. Probably going to be Oppenheimer. Yeah. I could see Killers winning. I could see uh, Poor Things winning. I could see Holdovers winning. Barbie would be funny. Barbie would be great for a win. For them to make up the stumps that they've done. It would give... It would give Margot Robbie an Oscar because she helped produce that movie. So, and Greta Gerwig would probably that'd be funny. The acceptance speech for it. Yeah. So that would be a little saving grace. Uh, I could yeah, see him I'll doing that. Is my favorite movie of last year. I mean, truth be told, I've only seen five out of ten of these, but I love the five out of ten. Like, and that's better than uh, I think the hit to miss ratio is better than usual for best picture a lot of times i watch them all and i'm like ah eh, these are kind of oscar baity i don't yeah i see why they were nominated for oscars but i will never rewatch these movies again the five i've seen i genuinely loved them all uh barbie the holdovers killers of the flower moon uh oppenheimer and poor things i think every single one of those made my top 10 movies of last year they're all very impressive. Uh, I don't know about the other five. I've heard good things. But I, I won't be upset if any of those five win, at the very least. But yeah, these all sound... Yeah. yeah. But Oppenheimer, I think, strikes that 
right balance the Academy's trying to find. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a biopic about a historically significant person by a very popular director. Um, it actually made money at the box office, so people watching the ceremony will know it and appreciate it. You're not you're not really pissing people off by that one. It's got great effects. It's nominated for the most of anything here, so they've already acknowledged it's very technically impressive in a wide array of areas, more so than any other film at the Academy Awards this year. So even if it doesn't win, they already kind of acknowledged Oppenheimer is the best all around, but just by virtue of its nominations. And I'm not surprised in the least if it wins the majority of them, as we've been predicting. Yeah, I mean, I think Oppenheimer's my choice as well. It was my most anticipated movie of that year, besides The Cross. And... I loved it when I watched it, and then I loved it again when I watched it back at home on Christmas, so... I like, I don't think, in terms of, like, scale and popularity, how, uh... What else could beat it, but I wouldn't be upset if, you know, Poor Things or even Past Lives wins. You know, I wouldn't be, like, too upset, but I'd kind of be like, eh, it's not very nice. You know what's so funny? Just give it to... <laughs> come, come to think of it, that... Barbenheimer made it all the way to the Oscars. Yeah, it's great. It's I think they should up. both win. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that's crazy that the the Barbenheimer meme they actually turned out to both be really good. I know, right? It was a great summer to the point where both of them are going up against each other mm-hmm. for Best Picture. That's crazy. It's really funny. It's great. It's just a great year that those two films and productions have had, and just the hype around them. It's been really great. And they both delivered, which is even more shocking. Mm-hmm. Which is shocking. Yeah. yeah. So those Unlike uh, Dark Knight and Mamma Mia, which obviously Dark Knight took way over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, those are our picks for the 96th Academy Awards. Our picks will not be the winners because our tastes in the academies obviously differ, but I should hope that... The picks we picked for the Academy will be... I mean, we were, like, mostly right last year. Mostly. Except for, like, a few upsets. We kind of know how they... I should say. The only problem is... Yeah. And this is where we fall short, is that we have hope. We're optimistic enough... Yeah. ...in some categories that they will mm. drop the ball. And then they do. And we say, well, I should have seen this coming, but I hope too hard... So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, <laughs> they're gonna fucking they're gonna give the Oscar to fucking Sterling K. Brown for supporting actor, just like the one that nobody's talks about. <laughs> That's what they're gonna do. I just feel like he probably did phenomenal in it, but I just feel like they're gonna do that. It's gonna be a fucking Mark Rylance situation all over again. Yeah. So are we anticipating any controversy this year? Any more slap? Uh. Depends who hosts. Good point. All right. Just bring back Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Like, they've never done, like, a bad hosting gig. Just have them host everything. Yeah, they're safe. Or even Neil Patrick Harris. It's been a while since he's hosted something. Yeah, Patrick Harris is consistent. Or just do that one year where there was no hosts at all. Just do that. That was a fun year. Just don't... I like that year. Yeah. 
quick, to the point. You bring out different comedians and speakers every now and then. Nobody was but the Oscars love having like a four to five hour show. I don't know why. Just like get to the fucking awards. Uh, I keep saying it. They love to hear themselves talk. They do. And they always do like the one. There was one. I think it was one year because they really sold out with commercials. It was like one person gave a speech and there was a song performance and then they went to commercials. I was like, that's it. Like, what the fuck? What are we doing? No, like, award at all? <laughs> wow. I don't remember what year it was, but it made me really upset. This is when I really cared about the Oscars. Now I'm older, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. I really cared about Everyone's the Oscars a winner. Ten years ago? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it was when I... It was around college I stopped really caring. I, I referenced the La La Land and Moonlight fiasco before, and I think that's the last time I... Yeah, actually care like even last year with the with the slap I didn't watch it live and when I woke up that morning and read I thought it was a joke I'm like oh is this a is this a bit they played out I thought it was a bit and then I watched the video and I'm like this doesn't look like a bit Mm -hmm. crazy so that's how out of it I am I haven't really been super invested for seven eight years now but I still keep up yeah yeah, last time I cared was when Leo won. That's really about it. Yeah. I feel like everybody cared at that point. Yeah. It's like, oh, he needs to win an Oscar. And he did. Anyway. Oh, yeah, he didn't get nominated this year, but everybody in the Bass Sector category um, kind of out shown him. That was one snub people were talking about, but also it's like, to me, it's not really a snub because he's already been nominated so many times and he was good in that movie. But he wasn't the standout in Killers. Yeah. So. I don't, oh well. I don't think we're going to be doing a um, Academy Awards recap. I don't think we did last year. No. I think we like talked about like some of the like not upsets, but like winners that were like shocking. But we didn't do like a whole episode on it. Yeah. Because th then we're just repeating ourselves. Everything we're saying today is. Yeah. We'd say for the winners, too. So this is. All you're going to hear about the Academy Awards mm -hmm. from us this year. Probably. I mean, to you know what we wanted to win, you know, yeah. what we expected to win. And you know how disappointed we'll be when Oppenheimer doesn't win things. The way I see the Oscars now, everybody on this list to me already is a winner. Like you've been nominated. They've recognized you to be like you are Oscar worthy. Yeah. But when someone just has to win it, it's like. Which kind of, which is the thing that sucks, but like everybody on this list deserves to be dominated. Yeah. Or to have, to win. Yeah. I think personally, my goal for right now, the thing that feels the most attainable at the moment as a filmmaker is best short live action. Not that that's easy by any means, but that's what we're doing right now is making, yeah, is making short films. If we can get, really, we're trying. <laughs> that, that's the category I hope to see our names in in coming probably longer than I want but let's let's keep that train going maybe you'll see us there if we win we have to make Justin do the speech <laughs> sorry that was involuntary <laughs> uh, he's gonna message you what do you mean oh no <laughs> he's not gonna message me he's gonna come out of the processor on on our coffee break and be like what was that about <laughs> so he's like takes his headphones out hey <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it's gonna happen <laughs> uh, yeah. uh hey justin 
<laughs> you can do the speech. It's fine. It's fine. If you want to do it, it's fine. <laughs> or we can give it to Ryan. Or I'll nah. do it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh. All right. So what's our question of the week? Um, oh, I did have it. What happened? Where'd my brain go? Oh, yeah. My question of the week is, do the Oscars have the same, like, power and name that they did 20 or 10 years ago? Like, do they really matter that much anymore? Because I feel like... No. Yeah. I feel like the past 10 years of movies have been, they've been great movies. But a lot of the time, it's either been just popularity contests or just weird upsets. And well, think about it's it's just a, the last ten years. When you think about the Oscars over the last decade, even nobody remembers the ceremonies for what actually won. They remember them for the controversies. They remember the moonlight, La La Land thing. They remember the slap. They remember the snubs. They remember some stupid things people say in their speeches. Uh, they remember, I don't know, Ellen's selfie with the room. <laughs> they remember, I don't know, what anything else come to mind? Marlon Brando not accepting the award well, and having a Native American about. person do the speech. Oh, right. Ten years. My bad. Uh I don't know, just Jimmy Kimmel talking. Just like, like, shut up, man. Like, let's go. We got a, <laughs> we got a show to do. Sure, like Seth MacFarlane. Taking way too long. People were like, oh, that's too offensive. <laughs> or whatever. People are... Yeah. No, that was funny. I like that one. <laughs> well, you didn't hire him thinking he was going to do a clean act, did you? No. Well, what's really funny is he did a... He did... The way he presented it was like, they had... <laughs> they had people be like hey i'm from the future and you do this really offensive thing oh what's that really offensive thing oh we'll show you it's like oh but i didn't really do it and he does a whole song about like actresses boobs i've been on the big screen it's just really it to me it was smart comedy but if he just did that without that bit it'd probably be a lot more controversial now yeah seth mcfarland's weird because he's on the surface he's vulgar and people who don't really think about the jokes will find it funny, but he's also clever at the same time. So I, yeah, not really my style of humor, but I, I respect his artistry. He's good at what he does. He's very talented. He's a very talented jazz singer too. He is a talented musician. I like seeing the family guy clips where he's distinctly voicing everybody in the scene, but making them come together at the same time. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about Seth MacFarlane. Uh, we're talking about, are the awards relevant? They can't even hold our attention enough to talk through this question of the week. <laughs> uh, they they just don't have... It feels like they don't have the same impact that they did like 10 years ago. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you what they are to me. They're just a list of movie recommendations. Really? Uh, I don't tend to... Most of the movies that are nominated for the Oscars, I find them a catch-22 because I look at the list, my first reaction is getting pissed off because the movies I saw aren't on the list. And that's a common reaction. That's how most people feel when they see them. But me as a film fan, I also take a look at that list and say, 
okay, but people who know what they're talking about mostly say these movies are worthy of recognition. And maybe there were movies I saw, more popular movies, that do deserve to be on this list, but also these really great movies may not have ever gotten the same level of recognition if they weren't on this very prestigious list. And I have, and most, some of my favorite movies of the last 10 years, I would not have gone to see if they weren't nominated for Oscars. I just wouldn't have even bothered. So I do think it's important for that. It it gives very prestigious recommendations to people like me who are maybe hesitant with their time don't go to see things more on word of mouth or uh, brand recognition or just if if I if it catches my attention I'll go see it but if if I haven't heard of it at all I'm less willing to give it a chance the Oscars are really good for quelling some of those doubts giving making me more willing to try new things so I'll, I do give it that's fair that and that's why I don't want to see them go away I don't give them I, I give I take their recommendations with a grain of salt because I know it'll either actually be spectacular or just oh here we go <laughs> okay this is just Hollywood loving itself and it's not actually that good but it references Hollywood personalities or it talks about the film industry is like it's something they all get. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get why they love it, but so it can go either way. It's not always, um, it's it's not always a reliable source, but it's done. It's done some good things. Yeah, fair. No, I totally agree with everything you said i think it just it doesn't have the same impact on just what it used to have like 10 years ago just because of all the stuff that they've really left out i mean just because of really dumb reasons like oh it's just a box office movie or it's a franchise movie comic book movie fantasy movie like just silly things like that sequel movies it's just they're almost like two they think they're like too prestigious and they don't have to be just just nominate the best films of that year <laughs> i think the other problem is that our media landscape is so fractured nowadays even 20 years ago everyone just went to the movies or had cable tv or whatever there were only a couple channels to pick from so many movies you could see in a theater unless you went to some low budget indie theater or film festivals nowadays with streaming services in the game all making original content most of which really isn't worth your time but there's so many like and especially with independent cinema the way it is now where average people have better access to decent quality equipment that they can make Oscar worthy films on the, there's there's too much to recognize and you can't please enough people anymore 20 years ago you look at a, an academy award list and most people will have seen the stuff on that list just because that was really all there was to go see 
at the time. Now we have too many choices. So your average person will be lucky to have seen a third of the lists anymore. I think that's a big factor too. People don't always take into account. Yeah, that's fair. It's just the way yeah. media is nowadays. There's more of it around than we all go see. It's just going to be more and more and more. No, I don't think so. <laughs> what, you don't think there's going to be a Warner Brothers Plus or a an Apple Plus Plus? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Their, they can't even sustain their back catalogs on these streaming services no, anymore. They're they can't. back catalogs that they own. Their originals are they're they're throwing they're hemorrhaging money on these originals more than they're actually making from the streaming service. Like it's bad investments all around. They're I saw a funny meme where it's like, I can't wait till they release the MCU plus and they can't wait till Star Wars Plus. It's just like franchises have their own streaming services. DC tried that, it bombed. Ugh. Not uh, good. I don't remember what it was called now. It was just uh it was DC DC All Access, I think it was called, something like that. Mm. Or DC Universe. They had a cool thing on that service I heard where they would link it back to the comic books that inspired it so you could you could go and read it. You could read it or you can go somewhere to buy a digital copy. Or they'd be like, mm. like, this comic inspired this episode of Titans or whatever was on there. Like, Titans was the biggest thing to come from it at the time. They also produced a couple seasons of Young Justice on that one. Um, nice. Yeah, it was a thing for a little bit. I think the Harley <laughs> show may have started there, too. And that's still Probably. I think I remember that. Yeah. It did have some success in the long term, but the service itself died. Anyway, Oscars useless, not useless, Oscars irrelevant, but I still, I still relevant to me in some ways. So that's yeah, why they're not fair gone, enough. Because I think there's enough people who think like I do about them. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. All right. So where can we find you? You can find me at Ryan Walker Official on YouTube, TikTok, and on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Thoughtplay Media. Also, check out the Close Up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on the show. If you listen to us in audio, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. We hope to see you on the next Close Up with Ryan and Joe, where we try out a brand new format. And I, I hope it goes well. Stick around to see. Till next time. Take care.